Let's, uh, let's open our Bibles this morning. We're going to step away from the book of Romans. We're going to be in Hebrews chapter 11. And let's open in prayer. Father, I come before You this morning. And Lord, I want to just thank You, Lord, for blessing us. And Lord, even though we don't deserve what You've given, we're, we're, we're nothing special that You have chose to give us this place to meet. But Lord, I see it as that You have given this to us as a responsibility that we have. You've placed us here in this Jerusalem. You have a purpose in us being right here. And Lord, we acknowledge that and we just thank You for it. And Lord, I pray, Lord, that we would be people of faith that we would take greater steps of faith, that You would increase our vision. Lord, not only the leadership in this church, but each and every one of us here. Increase our vision for this church body. How we can reach out beyond it. How we can have an impact. Lord, would You grow us as a body? Would You grow our faith even this morning? And we thank You for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I titled this morning's message, Stepping Out in Faith. We've been looking at the book of Romans, and one of the verses that we spent uh, a whole Sunday on was chapter 1, verse 17. It says, For the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. As Christians, our journey began in faith, and it's going to finish in faith. Your whole walk as a Christian from day to day is one of faith. Trusting God for your life, your situations, your family, all of those things. You're trusting God with your your very life, every single day. And God is faithful to us, isn't He? He's always faithful. When we're unfaithful, He remains faithful. But you know what? God wants to grow us in our faith. He wants us to be people that are believing Him for greater things today than we did yesterday or the year before. This 11th chapter of Hebrews has been known as the hallmark of faith because it lists all the men and women of the Old Testament, not all of them, but many of them, that were men and women of great faith, great examples for us to follow. It's also been referred to as the cloud of witnesses that we find in this chapter. It tells us what faith has done in the lives of men and women. Uh, going all the way back to the very beginning. And, and even under circumstances of trials and persecutions and hard times in life, these men and women persevered. And that's what God wants to do in us. He wants our faith to grow. That we would persevere. That we wouldn't give up. That we wouldn't throw in the towel when things get tough, or even when persecution arises. 
You see, the worst sin that anyone can commit is unbelief. And the reason why it's the worst sin that anyone could ever commit is because it's the only sin that there's no remedy for it. You see, if somebody disbelieves God, if somebody doesn't put their faith and trust in God, they will be separated from God. There is no salvation apart from faith. Putting our faith in Jesus Christ, though, the day you accepted Him, is one thing. I think we've all come to know this. That was the easy part, wasn't it? I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I put my faith in the cross and what Jesus... That was the easy part. How about walking by faith as a believer? How about when things are really tough and you're having to, your, your faith is being put on the line as to whether or not you're going to believe God or you're going to disbelieve that He's able to handle this. That's when our faith gets tested. That's the faith that God wants to grow in us. You see, that little measure of faith for you to believe, it was, it was nothing of your own. God gave it to you as a gift, according to Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. He even gave the little bit of faith that you needed to believe in Him as a gift. It wasn't even your own faith. But He calls us to grow. And there's a responsibility that we have as Christians for that faith to mature and for it to grow. Romans 10.17 tells us that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. If you want your faith to grow, you want it to mature, then you need to get into God's Word. You need to spend time in His Word individually, not just here on Sunday, but you need to spend time with the Lord getting to know Him through His Word that your faith might grow, that it might mature. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And what you'll find is as you go through the Word of God, you'll find that there are three different words that we could say that really stem from the same Greek word. It's the word faith, and what we're talking about this morning. But it's also the word believe. And then it's the word trust. And I've brought this out before, but it's important for us to know that faith is trusting in, it's believing in God, it's trusting in God, it's adhering to, to God, it's putting your full confidence in God. That's what it means when you say that you have faith in Jesus Christ. He's my only hope of salvation. When I say that I believe... In Jesus Christ, what you're saying is, I am persuaded that what Jesus Christ did on that cross for me is sufficient to give me eternal life. When I say that I trust in God, I'm saying that I have put my trust and confidence in Him. You see, all three of those words talk about being persuaded, having a strong conviction in your heart of what you believe. It's not just a bunch of facts and head knowledge up here, but it's a heartfelt conviction. It's, a, it's, a it's, it's being persuaded. It's having confidence that we put, in our, put our faith in Jesus Christ. This word faith 
It's applied in the Bible to your salvation, but it's also applied to your conduct as a Christian, our walk of faith. It also applies to our trustworthiness as a Christian. And even our doctrine, that word faith, has reference to even the doctrine and the beliefs that we have as Christians. It's our faith. Does anybody know how many times the word faith is found in the Old Testament? Two times. Two times we find this word faith found in the Old Testament. The first time it's used is Deuteronomy 32.20. It reads this way, And God said, I will hide my face from them, speaking about Israel, I will see what their end will be, for they are a perverse generation. And then it says this, Children in whom is no faith. That's not good, is it? First usage. The second time that it's used is in Habakkuk 2.4. Behold the proud. His soul is not upright in him, but the just shall live by faith. Where have we heard that verse? In the first chapter of Romans. What we're studying now. Paul quoted Habakkuk 2.4. That the just or the justified will live by faith. From faith to faith is what we are on as Christians. We've placed our faith in Christ and it's going to finish in faith. Do you know how many times the word faith is found in the New Testament? 245 times. 245 times it's found in the New Testament. Uh, The Gospel of John It doesn't use the word faith, but it uses the word believe. I think it's 46 times you find the word believe in the Gospel of John. Romans uses the word faith 38 times. But we're in this chapter of Hebrews this morning. Hebrews chapter 11 is one of those chapters that has everything to do with faith. Hebrews 11.6 tells us this, but without faith, it's impossible to please God. I want you to think about that. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that He is and that He is the rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. So we need to know that this verse, faith, this morning, this verse about not pleasing God unless we have faith, this is an important verse. Because your relationship with God starts in faith, but God also wants you to grow in faith. He doesn't want you just to stay at that little measure of faith to believe. He wants you to grow in faith. Webster's Dictionary defines faith as a strong belief. Do you have that as a Christian this morning? A strong belief, a strong conviction in what you hold to. Is your strong convictions, are they based upon the Bible? Is your faith rooted and grounded in the Word of God? You see, real faith, true saving faith, 
has an object. The object of my faith is Jesus Christ. When I, when I put my eyes on the cross and on the finished work of Jesus Christ, that's the object of my faith. And that is the saving faith that God requires for a person to come into a relationship with Him. This faith that we have as believers, it's not a blind faith. Our, our faith actually has some substance to it. It has some evidence behind it and what we believe. Jesus never called you or I to just go by blind faith. Blind faith meaning there's no evidence, there's no substance to our faith that we can even prove that it's real. That would be blind faith. And the Lord doesn't call us to a blind faith. But now look at your Bibles at Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now, faith is what? The substance. It's the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now, that word hope means that we're expecting something. You see, hope is confident expectation. The faith is the substance of things hoped for or expected for, the evidence of things not seen. But before we talk about faith and what faith is, it's sometimes good to talk about what faith is not. It's a good way to kind of fix it in your mind. Faith is not the religion that you belong to. That's not faith. Faith is not taking a leap into the dark or in a sense saying, I just hope that this is all going to be true. If you're, if you're walking that way as a believer that you're just kind of calling yourself a believer but hoping this is all going to pan out someday and really be true, that's not a good place to be in. Faith is not an uncertainty or some sort of gamble. You know, it's not my faith. It's imparted faith to me by God. And, and as I already said, He's my object of my faith. And with confidence, I believe. Faith is not something that you add to your works. Make sure that you know this as a Christian. Faith is not something that you add to your works. In other words, God doesn't save me because I'm doing good works, but I also have faith like it's faith plus works. It's by faith alone. We're going to learn that and we're going to be um, grounded in that truth as we go through the book of Romans, as we continue on. Verse 1, though it starts with the word now. Now faith is... That's because chapter 11 continues on from chapter 10, which speaks of Christ being the better sacrifice. If you read chapter 10, you'll see that it's speaking of Him as the better sacrifice, the perfect sacrifice, and then it finishes in verse 38 with that exhortation, the just, here it is again, like in Romans and like in Habakkuk, the just shall live by faith. Verse 39 also says, 
But we are not of those who draw back to perdition, but of those who believe to the saving of the soul. There it is. Faith and believing to the saving of your soul. It's the means by which you came into a relationship with Jesus Christ. And we don't shrink back. The two key words that we see in verse 1 here is that word substance, and the other word is the word evidence. This word substance can also be translated, if you have a a New American Standard Bible, it, it can be translated assurance. And so, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, is really what it's saying. It can also be translated conviction. Now, faith is the conviction of things hoped for. That's what verse 1 is saying here. We, this word substance in the Greek, it literally means this, a standing under. It's a standing under. It's a, it's a word that, actually it's a scientific word uh, in, in the Greek. It's a word that is opposite of a hypothesis. It's a Greek word opposite of hypothesis or a theory. So we're not working from a standpoint as a Christian that this is just some hypothesis, this is some theory, but we rest on facts, don't we, Christians? There's facts of the resurrection. There's facts that we look to in Scripture. It's why Jesus, when He came out of that tomb, walked this earth for 40 days. It was seen of over 500 people. Because he wanted it to be proof. He wanted it to be evidence to you and I, and not just you and I, but to the whole world, that he in fact had come out of that tomb as he said that he would. That's the kind of substance that we have, the evidence that we have, or the confidence that we have. We see this kind of faith in Hebrews 11. And so... Real faith, really we could say that real faith, it stands or it rests upon something. And that something is what? Let me ask you the question. What do we stand upon? In our faith, the Word of God. The Word of God is is the basis for why as Christians we say, I believe that Jesus Christ is alive. His Word tells me so. History tells me so too. But God's Word tells me that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. Among many other truths about God. And we put our faith and trust in this book. That's why the Bible is always under attack. That's why people want to say, yeah, but that's that's just a book. Give me something more than just a Bible or a book. That's been written by man. Now, we know as believers that it wasn't written just by man. That this is God's letter to mankind. It's inspired by God. And so we stand upon every word that we read by faith that it's the Word of God. And we can trust it. It's why we go out and we use the Word of God when we're witnessing to people, when we're talking about God, when we're clearing up misconceptions that people have about God, we base it on the Word of God. 
Faith is also the substance of things to hope for. Or we could say the reality of things expected. It requires faith to believe with confidence in someone or something that you have never seen with your physical eyes. Anybody ever seen Jesus Christ with your physical eyes? Maybe you had a vision. Maybe you had, maybe the Lord showed you in some way. Maybe somebody could give that testimony. But has the majority of us here, and I never have, I've never seen Jesus with my physical eyes. Then why do I stand here with such confidence that He lived and that He died and that He rose again and that He's coming back? You see, that's what sets apart just a a belief up here. Some people say, well, I believe in God. And I believe about Jesus. But do you believe that Jesus is your only hope of salvation? Do you believe that He rose from the dead? That He's alive? What do you believe about Him? Faith has evidence. It has proofs. And You know, for us as Christians, even though I've never seen Jesus Christ with my literal eyes, nor have I been translated into heaven like the Apostle Paul and seen a vision, I haven't seen that either. But I know heaven's real. I know it's a place that I'm going to go to. And and we're told by Paul in 2 Corinthians 5.17, it says, for we walk by faith, not by sight. You know that verse? We walk by faith, Christians, not by sight. That's what we're called to do. But you say, well, sometimes I come up short. I I, I don't have enough faith to believe. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Spend time getting to know how marvelous, how incredible God is through His Word, and He'll grow your faith. You'll start standing on things that you never stood upon before. For we walk by faith not by sight, Christians. Faith proves or substantiates what we hope for. It gives us an assurance that these things are true. Faith makes real or is made real in our experience. Have you ever experienced a situation in your life where you put your faith in the Lord and the Lord came through and you saw that and God grew you through that experience? God, you are so faithful. I couldn't even figure out how this was going to get fixed. I couldn't figure out how you could bring this about. I didn't know. And then you did it. And you proved yourself to me. You told me not to worry. You told me to put, you know, and I saw it in your word and I stood upon it and my faith grew in it. I saw what you did. We grow in our faith through even our experience of faith with the Lord. Faith proves to us the fact that the things we presently cannot see like God, like Jesus, like, like angels and, and demons and heaven and hell. The things that we can't see and have not seen with our physical eyes are very much true and they're real. That's faith. All of us here. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. 
If we were to simply put faith into one word, faith could be put this way. I may not know how it's going to happen, but I know it will. Have you ever said that? Have you ever said that to God? I don't know how you're going to come through, God, but I know you will. God loves it when his children recklessly believe him that he's able to do it. You like that word, recklessly? Meaning, hey, I'm going to throw all the stops out. I'm going to stand upon this faith in you, Lord, because your word tells me you will be faithful to me. Sometimes we have to test the water. Sometimes we have to see, well, God, you know, if I, if I give this Sunday to the church, will I have enough money to pay my light bill? Wow, how many times have you been tested in that way? Dr. Oswald Saunders wrote, Faith enables the believing soul to treat the future as present and the invisible as seen. I like that. Look at verse 2. For by it, the it there in verse 2 is by this faith, for by faith the elders obtained a good testimony. Who are the elders? Well, elders in Scripture can be used in a number of different ways. It can refer to a person that's older in age. It can also refer to elders within the church, those that have been put into a position of eldership. We know that Paul and Titus, were uh, they chose elders in the local church. It can also refer to the Old Testament saints, the forefathers or the elders of the Old Testament. For by faith, and I believe we're looking backwards into this Old Testament men and women, for by this faith the elders obtained a good testimony. Or an approval would be another way that we could put it. So let me ask you the question this morning. They had a good report. What would your report be? What would your witness be? If you were to pass on today, what would you be leaving behind as a witness of your faith? Would there, would, would there be enough in it? I mean, just think of those that made it into the pages of the Bible. You know, I, I, I'd probably be happy if they just wrote it in the little footnote, let alone chapter 11 of Hebrews. But where would our testimony be to this world? I, I would love to have somebody stand up there and be able to say at, at, at my memorial, he was a man of faith. Uh, she's a woman of faith, and she was. That's a great witness. That's a great testimony. We see in verse 4 that Abel obtained this witness, or he had a good testimony. In verse 5, we see that Enoch had this testimony or this witness. In verse 39, it says that, and all of these saints 
Speaking about all the men and women of old having obtained a good testimony. There it is again. And they did it through faith. Having a good testimony. Those men that are going through the discipleship through the book of Acts, when you went through Acts chapter 6, you saw that there was a list of these men that were being chosen to be servants within the church and the early church. One of those was the man named Stephen. He was a man of faith. It's listed that way of him. And it wasn't just him. It was Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Perminus. I don't even know if I'm saying that right. And Nicholas. These were other men that the church looked out and said, hey, if we're going to find any men, boom, boom, boom. These are people that have exemplified a walk of faith. Those are the ones we want for this ministry. Would we be one of those people? Would we be one of those Christians that would get chosen out? Because you've exemplified a walk of faith in front of the rest of the body. Trusting God. Remember, and Jesus is always so gracious to us, isn't He? Uh, remember Thomas. How would you like to have the testimony of being referred to as Doubting Thomas? How would you like that testimony? You know, the men and women of great And then Thomas. I'm not, I'm not going to believe unless you know, I can feel it, see it, and feel it. And I, I'm not going to believe. You've got to show me something. I've got to see it with my eyes. And Jesus says to Thomas, after He so graciously allows him to touch and to see, blessed are those who have not seen Yet believe. That's you and I. I've never seen Jesus with my... They, they were eyewitnesses. He's standing there right in front of me and I'm not going to believe. you got to, you know, hold it up. Let me see the holes. Well, let me see where they put the spear in your side. Blessed are those who have not seen Thomas, yet they believe. Look at verse 3. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed. Do you, church? By faith believe that the worlds were framed. That word framed actually means to put in order, to be arranged. When, when you look at the, the stars and the sky and all the planets out there and how the whole solar system works, by faith, do you believe that a creator, a designer, put it all into motion? That the worlds were framed, what? By the Word of God. So that the things which are seen were not made with things which are visible. You go out and enjoy. I go out and enjoy all the beauty and you look at all these things. But we understand that these things were framed and arranged by the very Word of God. You see, God and Jesus, co-creator with the Father, He didn't have to run out to Home Depot and go buy the building materials that He needed to put all this together. The Bible says He literally spoke it into existence. 
He arranged the universe with the very word of his mouth, and it was done. That's the faith that we place in the one that hung on the cross for us. That's why we can have such strong confidence that what he has promised, he is going to accomplish in you. When you die, to be absent from this body is to be present with the Lord. Do you have enough faith to stand upon that? I'm going to read just through because we're drawing close. You're thinking, are you going to finish this whole chapter? How far are you going in this thing? I'm not going that far. And really those first three verses were what I really wanted to bring out. But I'm going to read to you the rest of this chapter and make a couple notes. But I want you to see that this faith that I'm talking about in these first three verses is what we might call real faith. It's what we might call active faith. You see, real faith is not just words. Oh, I believe in God. Oh, I believe. Faith actually produces something if it's real. Faith is active. And, and, and actions that are based on faith, God accepts them. God says, you know what? I accept that. I receive that. And I'll reward you for that. Real faith is not just a belief system. Real faith is not something that we just have with our heads, but we have it in our heart. You know, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ, right, and you believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. It's a heart issue. It's everything within me. And that's what the heart speaks of. It's not just intellectual. It's not a religious system. It's by faith, I believe. It's what these men and women that we'll read here, that they went to great lengths and extent in their walks because they believed. By faith, we read that Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and through it, he being dead still speaks. You know what I want to make the just simple note, because we don't have time to tear this whole chapter apart, but I will make a couple notes, that every time you see when it says by faith, then I want you to look for what they did with that faith. You see, by faith, what does it say of Abel? He offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. He was, it was active. He believed. He knew what, what he needed to do, and then he did it. And God honored it. And God received it. But he didn't. One was of faith, and his brother's was of works, the works of his hand. God says it's always been by faith. Going all the way back to the book of Genesis. Getting right and coming into a relationship with God has always been by the vehicle of faith. It's never been by works. Works were just put in there to show you you can't do it any other way. 
Verse 5, by faith Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death. And he was not found because God had taken him. But before he was taken, he had what? Here it is again, this testimony that he pleased God. Isn't that incredible that Genesis 5 says that Enoch lived until he was 65 years and he begot Methuselah. And then after that, he lived 300 years after that. 365 years. How many days are in our calendar at least? 365. Here's Enoch being taken. Taken to be, God says, I'm done with you. Come home. But he lived and he walked with the Lord all the days of his life. God says, I'm done with you. You're not even going to experience physical death. I'm going to just take you to be with me. Wow. By faith, he persevered and he walked and he didn't give up and he didn't turn back and he didn't go the other way. You see, we're all on a journey until that end. An atheist once said to a Quaker, have you ever seen God? Have you ever felt God? Have you ever smelled God? And you say, you have a God? After a long pause, the Quaker replied, has thou ever seen thy brains? Has thou ever felt thy brains? Has thou ever smelled thy brains? And thou sayest, thou hast brains? You see, faith doesn't require I got to feel, touch, and see. And if I don't have that, sorry, I can't believe. That intellectual mindset will never allow you to cross over into that barrier of believing God by faith. And again, we're not talking about blind faith. We're talking about substance and evidence that has been given. By faith, Noah being divinely warned of things not yet seen, we're told that he what? He moved with godly fear. And what did he do with his faith? He prepared an ark for the saving of his household by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is according to faith. If Noah and his eight sons who built that 450 foot long boat out in the desert, so to speak, because it never rained on the earth as of yet. If, and as they were being mocked for building it, and this whole world that was, uh, was uh, really, in a sense, coming up against them, they had to stand in faith. And he built that boat for 100 years. And, and, and just think if he would have got frustrated, you know, on that, that last year, and says, I'm done with this. I'm not going to put that last board on the bottom of the ship. When that flood came, do you know that Noah and his household would have perished with the rest of the world? It required him to put the last board on the bottom of that ship. By faith, he had to believe destruction's coming. 
God's going to flood this earth. He said that He was going to do it. And I'm going to build this ark to the saving of my household. That's some faith. His faith was tested. Has yours been tested lately? You see, when God tests your faith, He doesn't do it for His benefit. Know that. God does not test your faith for His benefit. He already knows where your faith lies. He already knows if you have little faith, no faith, coming up, He he already knows. He does it for your benefit. Your faith gets tested so that you can see what kind of faith you have. Don't you like it? We don't like it. Because usually when we're we're going, I'm squirming in this. I don't like it. But when our faith gets tested, have you ever ran a scenario in your head when you heard of somebody going through something really horrendous? I don't know if I could handle that. I have no clue if I could. That's why. And our faith gets tested and God gives you only what you can handle. But He gives this to you and our faith gets tested. And many times we go, you know what? I didn't do so well in that one. I came up short, man. I, I, I thought I had enough faith. Or have you ever said, oh I, think I, oh, I think I'd stand. There's no way I'd ever turn away from the Lord on that. No way I'd ever get bitter towards Him over this. There's no way I'd ever, you know, yeah. What happens is something really comes down and you go, I, I didn't have it. And God showed me. I didn't have it. I didn't have what I need. I didn't apply myself. I wasn't really growing in my faith. I was stagnant in it. And when that trial and tribulation came up, I really crumbled under it. And God in His grace for me, because He loves me so much, He still lifted me up. It's Peter getting out in faith and standing actually on water until he took his eyes off the Lord and he began to sink. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he received as an inheritance. His action to his faith was that he obeyed. He didn't know where he was going. He says, I want you to go out. I want you to be obedient. And he was. You see, real faith is just even being obedient. By faith, he dwelt in the land of promise in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he waited for the city whose foundation, whose builder and maker is God. Is that what you're waiting for? I mean, is it really coming, the reality of that really coming in your mind? Are you convinced of that? And will it even hold you up in very difficult situations of life? Because you know this is not the end. It's not where I'm living forever. I've got something that's going to be waiting for me. The foundations and builder is God. And I'm looking forward to that. It's why they did what they did. It's why they made it to Hebrews chapter 11. By faith, Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed, and she bore a child when she was past the age. Because why? She judged God faithful who had promised. Therefore, from one man, speaking about Abraham, and him who is good as dead, he couldn't give children, he was past the age, were, were born as many as the stars of the sky in multitude, innumerable as the sand which is by the seashore. Abraham just believed God. Put yourself in that position, men. Can't have kids anymore. 
but God says I am. And it's going to be innumerable. Wow. That's a big promise. I, 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 but I, I'm going to stand on it. I'm going to believe God because He says so. Even if it does not make sense to me. These all died in faith, verse 13 tells us, which is important to note. They all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, they were what? Assured of them. They embraced them and they confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For those who say such things declare plainly that they seek a homeland. And truly, if they had called to mind the country from which they had come out, they would have had opportunity to return. But now they desire a better, that is, a heavenly country. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for He has prepared a city for them. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. And he also received the promise offered up uh, Promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said, In Isaac your seed shall be called, including that God, concluding that God was able to raise him up, even from the dead, from which he also received him in a figurative sense. This one just blows my mind because here is what God's calling him to do is the thing that we would never be able to wrap our head around. I want you to take your son and offer him up as a sacrifice to me. And he was willing to do it and Isaac was willing to go. He wasn't a little baby. He was a grown man already at that time. And he went as a willing participant with his father up to Mount Moriah where he was going to run him through and kill his son. Because he believed that God was able to raise his son up if he were allowed. That's faith. And it's the same faith that God wants to work in us. It's not something, oh, that's Old Testament days. This is really reality today with us. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning these thing, the things to come. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, he blessed each of his son, the sons of Joseph and worship leaning on the top of his staff. By faith, Joseph, when he was dying, made mention of the departure of the children of Israel and gave instructions concerning his bones. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents because they saw he was a beautiful child and they were not afraid of the king's command. By faith, Moses, when he came of age, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he looked to the reward. By faith, Moses forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. By faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood, lest he who destroyed the firstborn should touch them. And by faith they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, whereas the Egyptians attempting to do so were drowned. These are all examples and a witness and a testimony to you and I of what real faith, active faith, can do in the life of a Christian. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. For those who come to God must believe that He is and that He is the rewarder 
of those who diligently seek Him. We get challenged to reassess. You know, faith is not one of those things that you just can kind of muster it up. And, and, and it comes over time. It grows in the, the ditches, the hard times. It gets tested. It's not something we, I'm going to really increase my faith and I'll just read, you know, all 66 books of the Bible in one setting and I'll be a spiritual giant when I'm done. No. You probably grow in some faith if you do that. Just try it. Sit down, all 66 in one sitting. Knock it out. And then see what the outcome will be. Probably be something good that'll come out. I know something good will come out of it. But it's going to take growing in this. Experiential faith and growing in that. We hope you have enjoyed today's study. For more information on teachings, events, worship times, and location, please visit our website, ccfwinstonsalem.com. From Pastor Greg and all of us at Calvary Chapel Fellowship, thank you for listening and being part of our study through God's Word.